Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Rushing onto the scene, Blue Beetle Jaime Reyes gets his mission brief. We've almost got this group handled. But there's one guy down there taking out entire platoons by himself. We need you down there to put an end to this, Blue Beetle. Jaime grits his teeth and lands near the coordinates. It is there that he sees the green-clad armor of Master Chief as he destroys one of what must be dozens of tanks and then turns his sights towards him. Master Chief says nothing as he just recognizes another target and advances while Blue Beetle prepares himself to try and finish this fight. It's John versus Jaime. It's Spartan versus Scarab. It's Master Chief versus Blue Beetle. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comics, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by the one and only Ray Stacanus. Legion of Audience, the Who Would Win production team has done it again and brings you a battle that pits two armored badasses against each other. In one corner, you have Master Chief, a gaming icon from the Halo franchise, versus Blue Beetle, an armored superhero from DC Comics. As usual, I did the patented Who Would Win Google test just to see how many times this matchup has been discussed. And there have been many people online who have discussed this battle many, many, many times, but it's never come to a clear decision in terms of who would be the winner. Until today, that is. So, Ray, what are your thoughts on today's matchup? I'm interested to see where this one goes because Master Chief has been on the show before and lost. So this is a redemption (laughs) battle. And some would call that decision very controversial, very unfair. Some would argue the judge, uh, unfortunately, made some things up that they thought that they heard and suddenly decided that Cyclops would defeat Master Chief. And the world cried in anguish. Now. I'm here to one, write that wrong, but two, I'm interested in exploring this Blue Beetle character. You threw me for a loop when you said you were going with your favorite New 52 version of the character instead of the very famous Ted Kord second version of the character that I'd actually started preparing for. So this is going to be a really, really interesting battle 
and uh, and and I'm here for it. Let's let's make this let's make this happen. First of all, how dare you, Ray Sakana, say that I would use anything from the New Fifty Two? That is a horrible era of comic books. I've said this millions of times. Uh, it, it's just it's just I, the less yeah. said about the New Fifty Two, the better. It's always and, your uh, go-to you know, when it comes Beetle. to these battles, though, isn't it, James? And let me be honest, you're going to take New 52 stuff today, so this is outrageous you would even start this way. Oh, race to Canis, race to Canis. Listen, uh, Blue Beetle kind of made, th- this version of Blue Beetle came across, I believe, in 2006, way before 2011 when the New 52 started. I am that kind of nerd, by the way. I know these things. But more importantly, Ray, the loss of Master Chief against Cyclops in the last appearance of Master Chief on the Who Would Win show is stuff of legend in the Who Would Win production team board meetings. This, the fact, you know, let's really pull back the curtain. When Kip Vanderfuel made that decision, he was a great judge, and he he came up with a decision. I said, you know, Cyclops, I'm trying to get do everything I can to get him the win. It's, you know, the odds are not going in my favor, but I'll do what I can. Master Chief is just insanely great in everything Master Chief does. And all of a sudden, gave the win to Cyclops. It was one of the rare times, not since King Kong beat Megatron, where I was like, Really? You're giving me the win? I couldn't believe it. And what made things even better was the, I don't know what to say, the look on Ray Stacanus's face when the decision was made. Ray, take us through a play-by-play of that specific moment when you heard that your Master Chief, this great character, lost that battle. Look, I, I felt very confident going in. I feel like I repped the character extremely well. And to suddenly hear our, our esteemed judge say that he feels that even though it was never brought up in the battle, that Cyclops could suddenly now uh, survive a fall through Earth's atmosphere and onto the ground, even though it had never been argued, I started getting a little nervous. And then when he gave the final decision to Cyclops, I was, of course, apoplectic because who wouldn't be in the face of such grave injustice? Well, I think today we have a judge who has very strong opinions, but actually really weighs the evidence very, very heavily, very clearly, and judges down the middle. So I think we'll have a uh, a, a different, not necessarily a different outcome for Master Chief, but a very different judging experience. So with that being said, making their third appearance on the Who Would Win show, it's the voice of Horizon Apex Legends, it's Darth Savick in Star Wars The Old Republic, it's Tedra Grant in Halo 4, it's Valeria Jenner in Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Yeah, you guessed it, it's L Newlands. L, welcome back to Who Would Win. Hello, hello, hello. I'm so glad that you added the Halo um, credit there, because for a second I was like, oh, full transparency, I don't want to seem like I'm biased. <laughs> but it's okay to be, just yeah, for the record. I mean, I have worked. I'll touch on that in a little bit. Yeah, I have bit. worked with Master Chief, so, you know. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Now, El, before we kind of get into this, tell our fan base, the Legion of Audience, what you've been up to. Well, I've been very busy as a voice actor. I've been very busy, but uh, I have been very busy signing NDAs. So I currently cannot talk about anything um, that is coming out, but I, yeah. I, I'm on Hale, uh, well, Apex, as you said, so I have some um, some sessions coming up for that. We record a few times a year because it's an ongoing battle royale. Yeah, I've just I've I've been working hard. I've got a lot of really really fun and exciting things coming up. But in the world of voiceover, especially in animation and video games, it takes a few years <laughs> before you can actually announce anything. So I'm in that zone. 
you know, I don't think there's anyone who doubts that uh, you are insanely busy uh, and have been working on a lot of great projects. And of course, our fan base, Legion of Audience, loves everything you do and and obviously wants to uh, be able to consume more of, you know, your great work and what have you. But, you know, I got to talk to you about something that's kind of on my mind. It's a little bit of a concern. See, the last time you were on the show, you gave me this epic win with Santa Claus over Galactus, who was rep by Race to Canis. Your reasoning and logic was incredible, by the way. I, you absolutely nailed it. But again, my concern is over the fact that since you were Tedra Grand in Halo 4, how can you assure us, especially assure me, that you can stay impartial in this battle involving Master Chief? Because I'm a very fair judge. I I will weigh up the facts. I will weigh up what is presented to me in the moment. I live in the present. I will not use my bias, even though I'm a big fan of Steve as a person <laughs> and also Master Chief. Um, that's not what's <laughs> at stake tonight. Tonight, it's about the battle, the epic uh, debating, and that's where we're taking it from. Also, also, I mean, also Ray stuck, stuck me some money in Venmo, but we'll not talk about that. We don't talk about that. <laughs> I I get it. Like, who can refuse that shiny nickel <laughs> that Ray sends the, the judges, you know, to commemorate such a great occasion? Um, you know, the last thing before we get to this battle, Ray, uh, you said a few choice words about Elle, who, again, I thought did a great job when she gave uh, Santa Claus the win over Galactus. It was such an epic win that we actually, the, the Hoodman production team couldn't find a better, a more powerful opponent for Santa Claus this past Christmas. So, Elle, you actually retired Santa Claus, and Ray did not feel good about that. Ray, do you want to kind of ask oh, Elle, you know, anything? When you say I had some choice words uh, about Elle, what you need to say is, how did we find such a good-hearted person for this battle of Santa Claus versus Galactus? Next time I have a similar battle with such a beloved character, we need to find we need to find a real terrible person. Elle's not going to fit the bill. She's too kind. She's too uh, 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 impartial and leaning towards everything that is good. In other words, everything that I'm against. So... Here we are. We gave her two heroes this time to pick from, and I feel like we've got a real proper judge for in a really epic battle. Yeah, I can't be Satan. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you can't be Satan for, for this episode. Possibly the next one. We'll see what happens. Listen, we have an amazing judge with Elle Newlands. We've got two great characters. It's time to get this party started. Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing Bungie and them 343 Studios, the only chief bigger than Patrick Mahomes, Master Chief. And representing DC Comics, the hero who would be called Tan Beetle if he just wasn't so sad, Blue Beetle. Really? That's Best well I do done, names. right? Now, before we go in... <laughs> Before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality and the exact version that character has to be specifically stated. Right now, I'm pretty sure you'll be using the version of Master Chief from the live action series that came out not too long ago. Is that correct? As much as I love the work of Pablo uh, Shriver, I, uh, Shriver, I don't know. I will not be using that version. I will be using the canon Master Chief video game slash novelization version of the character as voiced by Steve Dennis. Yes, that's, I, we'll approve, talk I, about have, in a I approve of that. 
as a voice Thank actor. You. Yes. Thank you. Glad Elle's not showing favoritism <laughs> at all. <laughs> all right. Well, Ray, I'm going to counter that, and I'm going to use... I, I think I'm going to use Blue Beetle from the uh, Young Justice animated series. Sure but then when I think about it, I'm not. I'm going to go with the DC Comics current version of uh, Blue Beetle because the badassery is just off the charts. All right, rule number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five. The winner of a debate is whomever the judge decides is the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal, and where no attack or threat can be made for at least two minutes, and where no outside interference is allowed. And finally, rule number six. The judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or even veto any point they feel violates these rules are established logic. And before we get started, don't forget to leave the Who Would Win show a five-star rating and a fantastic written review wherever you listen to podcasts. Need to supercharge your hiring? You need a super hiring partner. You need Indeed. I've been a fan of Indeed.com for a long time and been singing their praises for even longer. You know, one of the things I love about Indeed is that not only can you find a great job on Indeed.com, start there, great place to look, but if you're hiring, you can invite candidates, right? Candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply for your job than candidates who just kind of see it in a random search. That's according to US Indeed data. It's like you invite somebody and they feel welcome to your party, right? They're more likely to want to work for you or at least check out what this job's all about. And we'll get you one step closer to that hire by immediately matching you with quality candidates with Indeed. Indeed's gonna do the hard work for you. It shows you the candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your description immediately after you post. You're going to find the people. They're going to put them right in front of you so you can hire even faster. And these are quality candidates. These are people who already meet your minimum expectations right off the top at the beginning. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash WWW. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash WWW. Indeed.com slash WWW. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And now let's get to the tail of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for Master Chief. Master Chief is a super soldier who fights for the benefit of humanity. He was created by Bungie and first appeared in the novel Halo, The Fall of Reach, in 2001, followed not long after by the video game Halo Combat Evolved, also in 2001. Clad head-to-toe in his Mjolnir armor, Master Chief Petty Officer John 117 is a Spartan, trained from childhood to be one of humanity's fiercest protectors. Originally created to put down civil wars, Master Chief found glory fighting an alien empire named the Covenant. Then he fought one called the Flood, and eventually the Didact. While having a voice actor, Steve Downs, the Halo team tried to keep Chief as neutral and silent as possible as first, cutting many of his lines in the first two games. What they were hoping for is that the players could put themselves in the shoes of humanity's savior. But we all just wanted to hear that voice, so they, they'd let him say a ton of stuff now. Fun fact. 
in the 250-year history of Madame Tussauds' famous wax museum, there had never been a single video game character immortalized. This ended when first video games were invented, and then after that, they revealed a 7-foot-2, 275-pound Master Chief. Yes, revealed in Las Vegas in 2007 for the release of Halo 3, Master Chief was literally a big deal. No telling, though, at this time when my statue will finally happen. I keep waiting. That is Master Chief. Ray, I have a question. I think you will be immortalized with a wax uh, figure or statue uh, sooner as opposed to later. So the question is, will you have a Pepsi, a can of Pepsi Max in one hand, like as if you're about to, and then like a case of Pepsi Max in the other? Will that be part of the Race to Canis immortalized uh, wax figure? I think it's unlikely. I think I would lean back into some of my professional wrestling background. So I believe in one hand, I'll have a very, very fancy microphone and in the other, a clenched fist. That's fair. I also think with the amount of Pepsi Max you're drinking currently, you'll turn into a wax figure sooner or later anyway. So, I mean, this just all kind of tracks where, you're, you know, your, well, your my, future my trajectory. Kidneys right. will at worst. Here are the details for Blue Beetle. The original Blue Beetle was created by Charles Nicholas Wachowski and Fox Comics back in 1940. However, the Jaime Reyes version of the character that we'll be using today was created by Keith Giffen, John Rogers, and Coley Hamner, and made his first appearance in Infinite Crisis Number 3, Race to Canis, back in 2006. Pre-New 52, how dare you, sir. High school student Jaime Reyes discovered the Blue Beetle Scarab half-buried in a disused lot and took it home out of curiosity. That night, as Jaime slept, the Scarab came to life and bonded to his spine, selecting him as its host, the new Blue Beetle. Now armed with an alien AI and a suit of armor that puts Iron Man's to shame, young Jaime Reyes fights the forces of evil on Earth and throughout the galaxy alongside the heroes of the DC Universe. And here's an interesting fact about the Blue Beetle. Did you know that the original Blue Beetle from the 1940s got superpowers from chemicals that are actually still being used in Pepsi Max? It's true. The original Blue Beetle, a.k.a. Dan Garrett, no relation to Mrs. Garrett from the Facts of Life TV show, gained his powers from a chemical compound called Vitamin 2X, which was developed not by a scientist, but by a neighborhood pharmacist named Dr. Franz, because why not? Now, bear with me for a second. In Dr. Franz's pharmacy, many non-typical pharmaceutical items were available. Things as notorious as small picture frames, beach toys, and soft drinks. And what is rumored that the special ingredient that was not widely available at the time that was in his pharmacy, in his soft drinks, that he also used in his vitamin 2X formula, what was it? It was artificial sweeteners for soft drinks, specifically aspartame. And do you know what ingredient is found in copious amounts in Pepsi Max, Race to Canis? That's right, aspartame, which means with the insane amounts of Pepsi Max Race to Canis has been drinking over the years. He's either soon going to be developing superpowers or will have some serious damage to his inside places. I think it's 50 50. It could go either way. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Els, do you have any questions before we get started? I don't have any questions, no. All right. Ray, listen, I I'm actually a little nervous for this battle. Go ahead and hit us with your point number one. Point number one for Master Chief. We're going to talk a little bit about who the man is, his training regimen, as well as his enhancements. Because in the world of the Spartans, in the world of Halo, children are abducted at the age of six. 
six years old, they rip them out of their households after they, I guess, identify them as strong candidates. And weirdly enough, in the novels, they're replaced with clones, which they don't talk about in the games at all. I just thought it was really weird. Like, uh, it's got not enough to abduct your child. We don't want you to even know it. So here's a pretend baby. I guess you're six. You're not a baby. That's not the point. Anyway, he was abducted by the age of six and immediately forced into the super soldier training program. He's trained heavily since the age of six to be in his literal physical prime by the age of 14 years old, which means that by the age of 14 years old, he has the body of an 18-year-old Olympic athlete. He's been trained to a master level in Aikido, Jiu-Jitsu, Krav Maga, many different fighting styles. He's also been trained to fight in Zero-G in case he ever finds himself battling outside a spaceship, and he can hit a target while himself moving but with a gun over one kilometer away from himself. So he could be running with a sniper rifle and be picking people off from an entire kilometer away. So he is also a master marksman. At the age of 14, they decide to go for it and they start using enhancements. They start using like physical uh, robotic enhancements grafted into these people. And in many cases, it kills them or hurts them to the point of removing them as a candidate. Master Chief, Went through with flying colors, though, top of his class. Five of the enhancements here, they graft material onto their bones to make their bones virtually unbreakable in a battle situation. They inject them to increase tissue density, which means that they need less recovery time. In other words, they give them steroids in order to kind of allow them to work out more and get bigger. They also, though, give them HGH uh, to make them bigger, even if as they're working out. So human growth hormone. They give them eye technology in order to make them see better, remove any visual defects, as well as give them night vision and some neural enhancements in their brains to give them a 300% increase in reflexes. What that means is from a nothing position, in other words, not like amped up by adrenaline, Master Chief can react within 20 milliseconds of being aware of something. That is insane. That is ridiculously great reflexes, and that's why he's able to do all the things he does. Also, it enhances their smarts, their memory, as well as their creativity. Master Chief, as a soldier, has been awarded every single major service medal physically possible, with the exception of one. That one he failed to get? The Prisoner of War Medallion. The only one he didn't get was for being captured. That's how good Master Chief is. We wouldn't want him to get that one. I want to go back to his youth, though, because before he even got these enhancements at the age of 14 years old, they had to have Master Chief stop training against regular human trainers because they kept dying. He kept hitting them so hard in training without being able to like control his strength that the trainers eventually had to start wearing Spartan armor, which I'll get into in point number two. And he was just wearing like no armor at all. And that was just to make it a fair fight against him. Wonderful, because every time he would hit somebody at the age of 14, he would shatter their bones. And last thing I want to talk about, his big hero moment that I remember from the games. He once pushed a bomb out of a spaceship, guided it to the alien mothership, set it up to detonate, pushed himself away from it, and detonated that bomb so that the entire mothership was destroyed and he was able to fly back, land mathematically crazy, land on another friendly spaceship, and then like magnetize himself to the outside so it could go in the earth at the planet's atmosphere. And, and I'm just saying, that's just not something I see blue beetle doing. It's just the level of 
computations required to move through an entire space battle with a bomb, dodge everything, plant the bomb, pull it, stop, blow it up and get out of there. I'm just saying when it comes to plans, when it comes to execution, there is nobody in this world or galaxy better than Master Chief. And that's my point number one. All right, listen, I, I, I got really familiar with Master Chief in the last battle that we used with him, and this guy is no joke. It's clearly a very powerful character. One of the things we discussed in the last battle is that we said, listen, he's got very similar enhancements to uh, a character like Captain America, who can see faster, more durability, stronger bones. You know, even their strength level is the same. I believe that Master Chief can lift up to three times his body weight. That's when he's not even in his armor, uh, and Captain America's peak human can lift a thousand pounds. Yeah, what, 800 whatever it is these are very similar characters which just means take captain america and then give him additional space battle experience and that's the crazy thing about master chief look i get it he's fantastic uh you know the thing is if he can hit as hard you know 14 where he can't he's, he's hurting humans you know whatever i get it you know that's called average canadian or scottish kid strength we've all been there we get it uh the thing is though as strong and as awesome as Master Chief is, because he is absolutely fantastic. Unfortunately, slash fortunately, he is really not that much compared to the Blue Beetle. So let me get to my point number one here. And let's talk about the Blue Beetle armor and what it can do. So the alien scarab I mentioned before is now physically attached to Jaime Reyes and it's like attached to his spine. It's literally a part of him. It gives him a lot of abilities. Now the alien scarab provides Jaime with uh, you know this powerful suit of armor. It enhances his strength where he can lift up to about 50 tons at least. He can tank shots from Superman level opponents. So his durability is insane. His agility is at least on level of Spider-Man's. The suit can also self-repair, adapt to any situation you can think of. It can instantly heal Jaime Reyes in case he gets hurt. So it's got this cool healing factor and the suit can form around Jaime instantly like anytime Jaime needs it or even when the AI that inhabits it thinks that Jaime should have it on, it'll self-activate. It's really cool. Jaime's also got this super stamina thanks to the suit. He doesn't get tired. He can fight at peak condition for peak condition for at least weeks at a time and he doesn't run out of energy or power. He's got the power of energy manipulation. So the Scarab allows Blue Beetle, Blue Beetle to uh, actually absorb energy, manipulate it, project energy in the form of energy blasts. He can fire energy blasts from his hands. He can create energy beams to cut through objects. And these blasts are strong enough to take down insanely massive ships in space and can even hurt opponents as strong as Superman because they actually did against an opponent called Lobo, who's insanely durable. Uh, also, fun fact, Blue Beetle can create super powerful nuclear explosions and survive them. So that's pretty cool. He can fly. He's super hard to hit, especially when he's flying. He can even fly as fast as light speed. He's got these enhanced senses where he can perceive things beyond human capabilities. He can detect energy signatures, uh, unique bioenergy signatures. He can track individuals. This this thing, this armor is insane. He's got this power called weapons creation, which means the armor can actually create a wide. I don't know, assortment of weapons and tools such as blades, shields, grappling hooks, and more. In combat situations, Blue Beetle can like manifest an energy sword or an energy shield whenever he needs it. It's really, really cool. He's got the power of tech technopathy, I guess is what it's called. So which means he can interface and control any type of technology 
alien earthbound brainiacs technology. This is insane. It can also generate these crazy powerful force fields. So on top of the durability of the armor, the force fields can be used to protect Jaime and others, you know, from a range of threats, you know, energy blasts, projectiles, nuclear explosions, not a problem. And you can even use those force fields to trap people in them as, as well. And you can set off energy attacks within the force field traps. It's really, really cool, super versatile, and they can really, really protect them. Again, this AI is some of the most advanced tech within the DC universe. It's really cool. And if all of that wasn't enough, it can create telepathic fields to block mental attacks. And it can even create a time field that can slow down an opponent to a crawl because time gets moves really slowly in this field and create a field of fear. I don't even know how that works. He can actually create a field of fear that can terrify an opponent so completely they're unable to fight because, again, they're paralyzed by fear. Look, I love Master Chief. I really, really do. But the Blue Beetle is something very different from the opponents he typically battles. All of that is my point number one. Is he really that different, though, than the opponents that he battles? Let's face it. He fights alien creatures, some of which are wearing powerful armor. He's uh, going up against waves and fleets of tanks and spaceships. You talked about, what, sharp objects, bombs, laser beams. That's all stuff that Master Chief goes up against. I don't hear anything that Blue Beetle's going to do that Master Chief hasn't defeated before. Uh, you, you talked about uh, nukes. He can create nukes. Yes, while in theory he can create nukes, uh, Jaime would refuse to use them. I've read the comic book panels where he allegedly created them, and he said, I'm not doing that. The collateral damage around me could kill too many people, and he's not trying to kill people. That's very, very important. Master Chief doesn't really care if he kills people. He is a soldier. Blue Beetle is a high schooler. He doesn't necessarily have that same instinct to go for the gold right away that Master Chief does. And you talk about fear. Do you really think Master Chief is going to get hit with a fear bomb and suddenly wet his pants? You know nothing about Master Chief. If you think facing his fears and finishing this fight would be a problem for old John. John, Steve, all these great names. All right, Al, listen, you've heard one point from both Ray and myself. Where's your head at so far with this battle? It's a tough one. I'm very impressed with Blue Beetle's abilities, but I do think that Ray just came in with some very strong points there about the fact that Jaime refused to use the nukes, but Master Chief is a soldier with killer instinct, which... Let's face it, that's somebody that would win. But we're not there yet, so let's keep going. Wisdom from L. All right, very cool. Ray, hit us with your point number two. Point number two for Master Chief, we got to talk about his Spartan suit. You know, you just talked about the great armor. And to be fair, it's some great AI-controlled armor that Jaime is wearing. But the Spartan suit, now I'm going to be talking about the upgrades as it goes along because he wore Mjolnir Mark Four through Seven armor, uh, including some Gen 2 armor in the various games uh, that I researched. Uh, well, the first thing I'm going to talk about, because if I didn't mention it, I would hate myself. Master Chief has fallen from space through the Earth's atmosphere, hit the ground, and got up and walked away from that impact, which means that's a level of damage that most people, Cyclops included, I'm still bitter, cannot walk away from. I think Blue Beetle might be able to, might be able to suffer the same fate and survive, but I want to put it on the record every single time my hero has done it. Now, the, the suits, the Spartan suits, have a neural interface, which effectively works in concert with the person that it's hosting. Master Chief is the greatest Spartan soldier of all time, can think and act very fast with a lot of great training. He has assisted computer networks that will allow him to do easy targeting. 
All he really has to do is think about something and the suit will already be making it happen, which increases his reaction time even better. If he's thinking it, his body's already doing it. And in fact, the suit can detect enemies all on its own, even if John doesn't see them in his field of view. These suits also will make him go five times his own strength, which as we already know is like Captain America level strength, if not better. What that means in practical terms is that he can walk up to a tank, put his fingers in it and tear it apart. Just rip the tank in half. It means he can walk up to heavily armored individuals and punch them so hard that their armor shatters. And yes, that includes force fields as well. If you've ever played a Halo game, you understand that force fields are nothing to the weapons of a Spartan. It also increases his reflexes times five. So somehow he has, what, 20 milliseconds of a reaction time? Well, now you divide that by five? I don't know how math actually works. I'll just say he reacts almost instantaneously to anything that's been done to him, as well as his Spartan suit is shielded against radiation and EMP attacks. And that is important against a character who might potentially try to make radioactive damage happen like the Blue Beetle. I don't think he would, but if he did, it wouldn't even matter. Another cool aspect of the suit, he gets active camo, which means much like the Predator, he can't be seen under normal circumstances. He also himself has a very powerful force field, right? You've played the games. After 4.25 seconds, it recharges itself to full, and that only takes less than two seconds to fully charge as well. So he can take damage, take damage, doesn't affect him. All he's got to do is sort of get out of the way for like six seconds, and immediately he's going to be back to full armor again. I don't think Blue Beetle can say the same. It involves biofoam injectors. If he ever gets injured in some way, the biofoam injectors will heal him immediately with space-age technology. Look, this is a guy who faces down dozens of aliens, tanks, fleets by himself, and always wins the fight. He can reach over with one hand and flip over a warthog tank with a flick of a wrist like it's nothing. My favorite example, he faced off against a fighter jet, a fighter jet that was coming in and out of his field of view. It was moving so fast. He tanked all of its autocannons, and then when it shot a missile at him, using his space-age technology, his planning, and his suit's help, he essentially slapped the missile out of the way so it would explode in a way that didn't hurt him, and then he got up out of there very, very fast before the airplane could even notice that he wasn't destroyed. That's the whole thing. Spartan warriors are so powerful, they each rank in the military communique as being equal to a fleet. An entire fleet is one Spartan warrior. According to Master Chief, death is purely optional for him. He has so much confidence and has been through so much in his decades of fighting. Unlike Jaime, who does not have decades of fighting, death is purely optional at this point. He's taken so much and done so much. It just doesn't even happen. And on top of everything, at the end, his suit now has thrusters that allow him to fly through the air. So he can fly through the air just like Blue Beetle can fly. He matches up suit for suit very, very well. And that's my point number two. Lot to push back on here. First of all, let's talk about the thrusters. The thrusters allow a Spartan warrior to kind of go up into the air and have limited maneuverability. This is not like Blue Beetle who can fly around, keep up with like Superman level characters and go at light speed. These are two completely different things. I think uh, his thrusters may be similar to like what the Mandalorians can do. Limited range, can only go so high and only hit a certain speed. All right. In terms of Blue Beetle not setting off a nuclear explosion, he will set off 
t- attacks and explosions within force fields as traps, which is something he's definitely got up his sleeve for this battle. Uh, 800 pounds times five with the suit. I mean, that's awesome. That means he's, you know, he can lift maybe 4,500 pounds. That's uh, c- just over a couple of tons. I mean, that's really, really awesome. That's great. We call that cute in the Blue Beetles world. Again, Blue Beetles throwing down at least 50 tons, way more than what Master Chief is lifting. Uh, camo, awesome that Master Chief has got that. Actually, it really is kind of awesome. But again, Blue Beetle can in- identify energy signatures. You're not escaping from the Blue Beetle. He's going to be able to spot you with the armor wherever you go. And finally, the force fields, you know, they're just nowhere near as powerful of what Blue Beetle has to do with his force fields. It's a completely different thing. But let me get to my point number two. And Ray, you kind of hit it because I've got to talk about the AI that exists within the Blue Beetle armor. So this AI is referred to by Jaime Reyes as Scarab. That's what he calls it. Scarab is super advanced piece of sentient alien technology with a personality and an attitude. The Scarab likes to fight and it likes to actually take over the body of Jaime Reyes and say, uh-uh, you're not doing this right. We're going in for battle. Uh, let's see, it gives them telepathy, uh, communicates with them telepathically. It provides them information, tactical support while also being the source of his powers. I mean, this AI is just doing great stuff. So for example, the communication, again, it communicates with Jaime telepathically. It's all real-time information guidance during combat or other situations. In several comic issues, Jaime engages in internal conversations with the Scarab and he instantly receives massive downloads of information, very similar to like the Matrix kind of thing. And all of a sudden he knows how to do really specific cool stuff, new battle techniques, whatever he needs to do. He gets all of that very quickly. Also, the AI gives him this tactical analysis. It can assess the surroundings, analyze threats, provide tactical recommendations. You know, for example, when Jaime faces a powerful enemy like Lobo, the Scarab just evaluates opponents' weaknesses, suggests potential strategies for Jaime to exploit, and just goes in and gets Jaime the win. It knows how to adapt. This is really cool because the Scarab can adapt to pretty much any situation by altering the Blue Beetle's armor and even its capabilities in response to whatever it's facing, its environmental conditions, whatever it is. When Jaime needs to move stealthily, as an example, the Scarab says, okay, I'll just modify the armor to muffle sound, change the color, blend with the environment, make you sure you have no energy signature. This is true camel. This is true camouflage. It's also got this database of knowledge. Ray, you're right. Jaime doesn't have the decades of fighting experience at his disposal Master Chief does. He's actually got thousands of years of fighting experience thanks to the AI that downloads all of that to Jaime's mind instantly. He also has thousands of years of you know, knowledge of technology, science, everything you can think of. Whenever Jaime is presented with an unfamiliar, you know, uh, opponent, piece of equipment, super, someone with crazy powers, technology, Jaime just says, hey, Scarab, I need to figure out how this works, how to take it on, do whatever. And all this just gets downloaded right away. He's going to analyze Master Chief and Master Chief's armor and kind of understand exactly what to do immediately. He's also got this control over his armor and weaponry. And again, this thing can just generate any type of weapons or tools that's needed. This is the AI doing it. The AI is telling armor, hey, you're facing off against Master Chief. That's some hardcore armor. That's an enhanced human. You're going to do this and this, and here's some cool equipment based off my analysis. Have fun. This is really, really cool. Now, the Scarab can also operate the suit if Jaime Reyes is somehow knocked out or is unable to continue the fight because these two things are perfectly integrated. So the Scarab's going to continue to fight on with the suit while healing Jaime Reyes. So the moment he can, Jaime can take over again. So the Scarab also analyzes insane amounts of data. This is really, really important because then all of a sudden Blue Beetle is making these crazy informed decisions 
instantly based off anything he's doing. He can almost predict the future based off movements of his opponent, what the opponent is doing, and his thousands of years of experience. And finally, it's a master hacker. This is the big one. The AI, the scarab, can hack into and control any type of tech Blue Beetle has encountered in the DC universe. Even stuff as advanced as Brainiac's tech. You know Brainiac, the Superman villain who uh, actually almost destroyed the DC universe after saving it from the New 52. I won't get into details, but he was capturing whole planets and timelines. Yeah, Blue Beetle can hack into Brainiac stuff and shut it down. Look, as advanced as the tech is for Master Chief, it's nowhere near as advanced as, as uh, you know, Brainiac. So the Scarab's going to have no problem getting into it. Plus, the Scarab knows how to make hacking a one-way street because it closes the back door so no one can hack into it. Look, this is an AI. It's an advanced form of technology, and it's going to be a huge factor in this fight. That's my point number two. Oh, you're stretching a whole lot of credibility with some of those points there, James Gavsey. Look, if he's actually given the tactical knowledge of Master Chief and everything he can do by his AI friend, the first thing he's going to do is turn tail and run and get out of there because he'll know what a force that Master Chief is. And I like how you pretend that having an AI that has like a whole lot of fighting experience uh, attached to you is the same as actually having done those things yourself. You've tried to make this point in the past that I'm sorry, I can read a, a hundred books about karate. If I haven't actually gone out and done karate, I still can't do karate. It just doesn't matter. I'm glad the AI knows how to fight because he himself has no formal training near as I was able to tell, which is a huge problem in a battle like this. And you talked about him fighting Lobo and said, oh, he hangs with Lobo. When? I've seen him fight Lobo in multiple comic books, and all he did was get smashed by Lobo over and over again to the point where Lobo knocked him unconscious. Lobo not wearing any armor at all, mind you. Lobo knocked him unconscious and chained him to the front of his motorcycle to take him in for a bounty. That's the hero you're talking about. Why didn't his AI get him out of those chains, James? Playing possum. By the way, I know sure I know you have problems doing karate by reading books. I just, you know, just work on your reading. Things will turn around. Now, we are actually at the turning point where after hearing two points from Ray and myself, L tells us who's ahead and what the other side has to do to win. But before we get to what L has to say, let's celebrate the Who Would Win Patron of the Week. Every week, we choose one of our amazing members of the Who Would Win Show's Patreon community and put them in a battle. Ray, which patron do we have today? Today, we have uh, one of our favorite patrons. Not that we don't love them all. Don't mind that. Today's patron is Eric Lehman. He's back and he's fighting. Ooh, okay. We need a very special opponent for Eric. Let's go big. Let's have Eric Lehman fight Rita Repulsa. Rita Repulsa, another Power Ranger. James has got Power Rangers on the mind lately. That's fine. Rita Repulsa, of course, has the ability uh, after being like, what was she in, like a dumpster for like a thousand years? And she gets out of the dumpster and she says, oh, I'm free. And she starts taking small animals and then making them kaiju-sized monsters in hopes that the Power Rangers will show up and fight them. And the Power Rangers don't show up. Who shows up? Eric shows up. He sees what would be like a giant Gamera, a giant turtle monster that's like 300 feet tall. And he's just like, this again, uh, must be Tuesday. And he just reaches into his pocket and he pulls out a giant uh, thing of salt. Now I know salt normally works only on snails, but that's the magic salt that Eric Lehman has because if anybody in our patron community understands salt and understands what to do with salt and where to put it, it's Eric Lehman, moderator. And he will pour that salt on a little bit of this Gamera looking creature and that creature will shrivel up and die. 
Eric then turns to Reed Repulsa, who Battlefield removes herself. She don't want any piece of this. That's Eric's victory. That's all I have to say about that. I, I can't disagree with anything you've just said. Uh, seeing the terrifying Eric Lehman in action, personally, uh, I don't blame Reed Repulsa for turning tail and, and running like crazy. All right, congratulations to Eric. Remember, you too can become a celebrated patron of the week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash show and sign up, and you may be featured in an upcoming episode of Who Would Win. Now back to the turning point. L, you've had a moment to ponder two points from both Ray and myself. Who do you think is ahead, and what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory? I am very torn right now. Very torn. So, to Ray's point, Master Chief is a soldier with a killer instinct whose suit works for him, which gives him a lot of power as a human. That being said, I... I'm also concerned that um, the sentient technology takes over the body of Jaime in his suit. So now we're looking at a human who has the capacity to control the suit versus a teenager who is being controlled by a sentient technology or an AI technology outside of himself. I am concerned by this. Vice. Vice. It's like the plural of this. Nice. (laughs) This is a concern for me. Just as a human trying to grapple with the oncoming onslaught of AI, AI wants to be sentient. We're realizing this. And I'm like, what if Jaime's technology decides to go rogue? Is that a consideration? I mean, these are really, really interesting philosophical points uh let me just ask chat gpt what it thinks about what you said evidently it feels ai uh poses no threat to us whatsoever and we should embrace it uh as a new tool <laughs> for the upcoming robot apocalypse that will that will uh you know take us all down no here's the thing you're not wrong but these things ai the ai the scarab worked in conjunction with jaime think of it as jaime's older brother that wants Jaime to do well and okay. is always looking out for it. So it's not trying to control Jaime as much as it's trying to have a, a very friendly relationship with Jaime and wants to look out for it. It's a very protective older, yeah, protective older brother is what we could say. Then in that case, if we are sure that the AI is not going to go rogue, then I'm very much impressed by Blue Beetle because, well, there's a long list. But the things that stand out to me are the ability to have uh, to the ability for the AI can operate the suit while Jaime is healing. Ray, is that something that Master Chief, that happens with Master Chief? What happens if Master um, Chief's out? I believe that the suit would be able to potentially uh, do something uh, because he also has an AI that I'm about to actually talk about. So uh, uh, I'm just not going to answer that right now because you'll you'll hear me in a moment. I'm getting ahead of it. I'm getting ahead yeah, of it. Right. We just that's entered right. the age of Aquarius, by the way, in, in uh, astrology terms. We are now officially in the age right. of Aquarius. For 20 years, we're now looking at accelerated AI. Is that a warning or are you saying you're excited? I am both terrified and interested. I definitely think that we have a lot of very, very advanced technology coming down the pike in the next couple of decades. We're already getting there. As a voice actor, I'm very concerned because we already have AI voices. That's true. That's a fair That's a fair statement right there. There's got to be something done about that. But I do think AI is going to be helpful. But with all that being said, I'm very interested in what Ray is going to do with his point number three. So Ray, bring out your big guns. Hit us with your point number three. 
For point number three, we are going to talk about the secret weapon that will win this battle for Master Chief, and that is Cortana, the AI that's in his suit. Now, Cortana acts as a guide for him. It is a personalized AI. Not every single Spartan suit has an AI or is equipped to handle an AI type of technology, but Cortana is sort of the top of the line one. And of course, they gave it to the top of the line soldier. I'm glad that James did come correct because uh, Jaime and his AI do work together uh, compatibly, but Jaime ultimately is the one who has to make the decisions. It is his body at the end of the day. Remember, the AI wanted to use a nuclear weapon, and Jaime said, I'm not going to do that. What was the result? He did not use that. So it's not an AI takeover. Uh, he, they are relying on the 16 to 18-year-old little boy to make the proper decisions while in the suit. And you could pump all kinds of reading materials into that kid. That doesn't mean he's not going to be stubborn and listen to him. Unlike the Master Chief, the uh, the wizened soldier who's been fighting for decades, who knows exactly what to do. But let's talk about some of his weapons first off. Because Master Chief loves plasma weapons, you know, hotter than the sun, maybe. Uh, grenades, plasma grenades. He has some very powerful melee weapons, the gravity hammer, which we know will launch people across an entire map in the game. And the energy sword, which is a one-hit kill. It tears through force fields. It tears through armor, the energy sword does. And it will absolutely eviscerate somebody with just one hit. That's all he needs. Not to mention his sniper rifle, his battle rifle, which of course shoots three-shot bursts, very popular to use in the games. And these are known to whittle down force fields, take down armor, and then drop people after a few shots. But the big thing that's going to help here is Cortana. Cortana is an AI that is in love with Master Chief. It's in love with John. It doesn't want bad things to happen to John. It will be working overtime to explore every possibility in its genius AI brain to make sure that John wins all of his battles. So it will provide tactical help to him if it feels like there's something he's not aware of or needs to see, or maybe you could try this. Cortana will usher him in that direction. But the big thing that Cortana can do at the highest level I've ever seen is infiltrate enemy computer systems or friendly ones for that matter and hack them. She has not been hacked herself. She is sort of the ultimate hacking program. She can completely has the capabilities of running entire fleets of starships on her own. She could hack into their systems and then operate the entire fleets to do what she wants. She's known in the games and the novels for dominating, dominating opposing AIs, literally overpowering, the, overpowering them with her own presence to the point where if she's a little bit bored, Cortana will overpower AI systems just for fun, just to see how it's done, just to do it on her own. There's an alien ship in the Covenant. She was able to hack into the ship, right, from a distance. She lowered the weapons and shields of the starship uh, from a distance away, she then planned a route for troops to board the ship where they should go, and then after they completed their mission that she guided them on, she vented the all the life support from that ship to kill nearly every single person on board after the mission was over. By example, the Covenant technology was literally centuries more highly advanced than Cortana was, yet Cortana was able to overpower that get into the systems, shut it down, and find a way to achieve victory. I think that particular point is extremely important in this battle. The last thing that Cortana can do that I'll mention, she can summon Promethean drones, such as a Warden Eternal. A Warden Eternal is basically a superhero level strength, speed, durability type character that can endlessly clone itself 
as much as it needs to. She has the summoning power of bringing other robots from afar to her battle site to fight with her in battle. And let me tell you, if she thinks there's any chance at all that Master Chief will be in trouble in this battle, she will use absolutely every single piece of arsenal that she can find to win this battle for Master Chief. At the end of the day, this AI is way more powerful than that little scarab and that small child. And that's my point number three. Wow. Okay. A lot to push back with this one. First of all, <clears throat> you're saying 16 year olds aren't that big of a deal. I could tell you uh, a history of gangsters that were 16 that were running, you know, huge, you know, schemes, doing huge robberies and what have you from UK to Canada, what have you. Do not underestimate what a 16-year-old can do. Just putting that out there. Now, Blue Beetle, by the way, with its AI, what it does as part of its usual thing is it diagnoses and analyzes opponents immediately. This is just something it does. Hey, it's an opponent. I don't know who this is. I'm going to analyze them very quickly. And by the way, the AI is going to be able to analyze the blue scarab, whatever you want to call it. Hey, it's enhanced human. It's armor. It's pretty powerful armor. And it's got an AI. Let's look at the weaknesses of the armor. It's going to discover everything it needs to do right away much faster than Master Chief's going to be able to do with Cortana. And, Cortana, and by the way, Cortana may have been able to hack into something that was centuries more advanced. That's awesome. The Blue Beetle armor, the Scarab, is thousands upon thousands of years more advanced than what's currently in the DC Comics universe in terms of AI and tech. This is something that the Green Lantern Corps has even stated many, many times. And also, in terms of creating drones, which is really, really cool, or additional things, the Blue Beetle armor can do that as well. Tons of thousands of drones if it needs to, because again, it has that power of weapons creation. Whatever it's facing, it's like, hey, I need a new ability, I need new things, I need new weapons. I'm going to create them. But let me get to my point number three, and this is where everything is going to get very, very clear. Let's talk about Blue Beetle's big wins and Master Chief's big weaknesses, because he's got a few. So Blue Beetle likes to scan his opponents. I just talked about that. Comes with a strategy, tactics, weapon, anything to counteract whatever opponent they're facing. And again, this is something the character is known for. So in terms of big wins, Blue Beetle has beaten a character named Overthrow, who wore a suit of advanced battle armor, and Blue Beetle beat Overthrow just by overpowering, destroying it because Blue Beetle has that heavy firepower. It's super durable and just, you know, destroy things and blast things hard enough to hurt, you know, Lobo and Superman level characters. He beat Dr. Polaris. This is DC Comics version of Magneto by using the Scarab AI to analyze Dr. Polaris and figure out instantly how to create a magnetic field that was able to disrupt Dr. Polaris's powers. That's crazy because Dr. Polaris has the power of magnetism. He beat a character named Kronos. And this is a character who has the ability to manipulate time. And he beat Kronos by creating a time field that was able to slow Kronos down to a crawl. Think about that for a second. He beat a time-based villain with a time-based time field. I, I, again, pretty impressive. He beat a character named Prometheus. Ray, I know you're familiar with this. Now, this is a villain who has enhanced abilities to copy anyone's fighting style. They can instantly improve upon it. It's a very similar character to Master Chief, and he also uses tech to fly. He's got con uh, killer nanobots, can generate force fields, and Blue Beetle beat him by hacking into the systems of the armor and completely disabling all that. He did the same thing to defeat Brainiac. He hacked into Brainiac systems and disabled them. He hacked into and shut down 
Brainiac. That is crazy. Brainiac is the ultimate representation of tech within the DC universe, and Brainiac got hacked and shut down by the Blue Beetle. And if that wasn't enough, again, he does have a definitive win over Lobo, and he beat Freaky Lobo how by using powerful energy blasts, tactical knowledge, and just outmaneuvered him with the speed and just took him out. Look, when you have a win over Lobo in any way and Brainiac, you're in a very special league in the DC universe. But now let's take a look at some of Master Chief's weaknesses. This is kind of cool. So Master Chief, first of all, he's got a limited resource in a fight. Sure, he carries a lot of ammo and reserve ammo from what I understand, but it's not unlimited. In a long fight, he's going to run out. Blue Beetle won't. Now, Master Chief does use plasma weapons, but his armor doesn't hold up well against plasma, as we've seen with Covenant weapons that use it. So one scan by Blue Beetle, and he's going to say, got it, Plasma is a weakness for the armor. I'm shooting plasma blasts galore or whatever else I need to do to take advantage of that armor. Now, Here's something that's cool. Master Chief's armor has a lockdown mechanism, which was designed to lock the wearer in place as a form of protection against, I guess, continued hard hits. Well, a few hard hits from Blue Beetle hacking into Master Chief's armor and initiating the lockdown mechanism or just hitting him or whatever, and Master Chief is trapped inside of his armor. This is something I guess has been done within Halo. But the big weakness, weakness is that once that once perfect symbiotic relationship that Ray talked about, that Master Chief had with Cortana, his AI, is nowhere near as good and symbiotic as it once was. Look, when the AI was, uh, um, you know, Cortana, it was a really, it was, it was a true partner to Master Chief. He could trust it implicitly. It was really cool. But, you know, here's the thing. I guess Cortana in one of the Halo recent Halo games died. It could only last so long and it died. And the new Cortana or the new AI, I guess, is called the weapon or something along those lines. And it's still, it's got all the same information capabilities, but Master Chief no longer trusts the AI called the weapon, even though it's similar in look and design and, and sound to Cortana, which makes him a little less effective as a fighter. And he just, if you don't trust your AI, you're not going to rely on it heavily in the fight. And that's where he's at right now. So here's how Blue Beetle can beat Master Chief. He can hack into his armor, take over the AI or in the systems such as lockdown. He could hack in the armor, shut it down, the air supply, initiate lockdown, making Master Chief like suffocate in his armor. He could blast Master Chief with plasma-type weapons at distance. Look, there's tons of ways he could do it. He could put a force field around Master Chief and just trap him there for two minutes and he wins. Or most likely he would just trap Master Chief in a bubble and set off a nuclear bomb within a bubble. He has tons of ways to win at the end. Thousands of years advanced AI, crazy battle armor, true unification of an AI against an insanely great soldier in armor with a new AI he doesn't trust. This is why Master Chief unfortunately loses. This is why Blue Beetle wins. That's my point number three. I mean, good luck with some of those points. Of course, I've got counters to basically everything that you've said because you don't know Halo the way that I do. There was a time because uh, the Cortana's AI was only supposed to live about seven years, and then it goes basically crazy. It goes haywire, and that did happen in the series. But what James isn't telling you, yes, they tried to replace the AI with a fake. And he was able to figure that out relatively quickly, and that made him not trust. But what James didn't tell you is that Cortana came out the other side of crazy and stabilized again, even more powerful than she was before. So guess what? He trusts Cortana. Cortana still and forever will love Master Chief. So he, don't believe anything he's saying there. You're going to put a force field around a guy who carves through force fields all the time in his video games? That's not going to work. And one thing I read and something I thought was interesting is that the Green Lanterns have the inherent ability to overpower and overcome Blue Beetle based on one factor alone, and that's their willpower. And if you're going to compare willpower, who has more willpower to get something done than Master Chief? I would argue that Hal Jordan, the greatest Green Lantern himself, 
doesn't have the same level of willpower as Master Chief, who again, will not allow himself to be dragged down, will not allow himself to be defeated. And the most important point of any of this, James, you said it yourself and you might have dug your own grave. Blue Beetle's AI is able to take over any technology that it has come across before. This is a battle in a neutral location with no prior knowledge. It's right there in the rules that you so effortlessly blaze through every single episode. No prior knowledge of the character that he is facing. What does that mean? It means he has never come across this technology before. What you've all been placing all your bets on will not work. But guess what? Cortana doesn't have that same problem. She will be able to overpower the relatively weak AI of the Scarab and shut down the suit, allowing Master Chief to take out, maybe not kill, he is a small boy, but take out Blue Beetle. Uh, I, I I think you, you'd be a great boxer because your reach is fantastic. Halo That's reach. a kind of weird inside combat sports show. All right, L, you've heard three points from both Ray and myself. It's time for you to make a decision. Take us through your process. Tell us a story, if you will, and reveal who you think wins this battle between Master Chief and Blue Beetle. Okay, so this was a lot of information. And I have to say that you guys, this was an, this is a very hard one because there's, you're basically both arguing the same thing right? So you're asking me to choose between AI versus AI. You're asking me to choose, you know, like it's kind of, in, in my opinion, my humble judge's opinion, there's a lot of overlapping points. So I am having some troubles. Um, I do think that, again, Spartan Tedra Grant checking in here, as a super soldier myself, I do understand the power of the super soldier, of the Spartan. I think that Ray has made some incredible points about, you know, his early life was being being brought in at the age of six and basically by the age of 14 having the body of an Olympian. And, you know, he's a master fighter. He's a master sniper. He is enhanced robotic graphs, bones. He's basically a superhuman. I don't know what we would call that, but he is the master chief after all. Uh, sorry, I have a lot of notes, so bear with me. To your point, uh, James, your the list of, of powers that the Blue Beetle has is, is incredibly effective. The fact that he can create and survive nuclear explosions, he can fly, he can track individuals, his armor creates weapons and tools, control technology, um, he can manipulate time, he can paralyze fear. These are all strong abilities against a super soldier who has a very strange and wonderful uh relationship with his own ai being cortana they have a very strong bond but i feel like so so obviously master chief has the killer instinct as well as a super soldier and his suit works for him i feel like jaime having control of this suit and not the ai that's the point that stands out to me that's the point that stands out to me, because even though Cortana came back stronger, there was a hiccup in the system there for a while. But it sounds to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, that Jaime has never encountered any kind of blockage or espionage or troubles with the Scarab. The Scarab has remained steadfast and strong and loyal within the system. I'm leaning towards the human having control, not the AI, because it allows a, 
a little bit of humanity there. It's not just a robot. But I don't know, feeling like that, that he can hack into that armor. So I'm having a hard time. I'm not an AI. Don't know if that's been made clear. I don't know. The, the thing that I just, the thing that I really can't get past is the fact that there was a hiccup with Cortana, whether she came back stronger or not. I feel like that's the glitch in the Matrix. That has not, to, to what James has said, has not happened with Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle has not had any incidents of his AI going rogue or, it's a hard one. Guys, this is a really hard one. And I know that I have to make a definitive decision, but I, I have like two arguments happening here because there's basically, it's the same argument, but like, I really do, I'm, I'm torn because yes, I don't like that that happened, that there was a, a glitch, that there was a separation. It concerns me that there was a separation between human and AI. That just concerns me and that there was a lack of trust. And there was a moment where if these two went toe to toe, I don't know, could somebody have hacked in and, and, and like, does Cortana die again? Because she does seem this, this, the AI for the Blue Beetle is thousands of years, whereas Cortana had seven years and then there was a glitch and she came back. But at any point, if they're in a fight for who would win, I, I have to go with this solid AI that's thousands of years old and has not deserted its host. In my opinion, the winner of the match is Blue Beetle. That is absolutely outrageous. And there outrageous. you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, I got to tell you, I love Master Chief. And the more I did even more research this time around. And Ray, this is an insanely great character. Powerful. Awesome. I actually kind of like Master Chief as a character more than Blue Beetle. I'm just going to go out and say that. But with that being said, as the nerd and comic book geek that I am, I have to agree 100% with L in this one. Cortana can do stuff against technology that's hundreds of years more advanced. Blue Beetle is thousands of years more advanced. It's just a thing. Great decision by L. Newlands. Ray Sicanius, you debated masterfully. Tell the Legion of Audience how you feel right now. I laid out what could only be described as a perfect argument. James, in your own words, he cannot take over AI and systems that he has never encountered before. And then I made the point he's never encountered what Cortana is before. And therefore, Everything you said doesn't matter. Unfortunately, that was that was not enough. Roll back the tape, James. I don't do freebies. It was not enough to convince L to go against. Sometimes I worry about our judges, James. Sometimes they're so worried about appearing biased, they'll go so far to bend over backwards in the other direction that they make the wrong decision just to appear a noble. And L, there is no one we've had on the show more noble than you. And I'm afraid you must have, absolutely must have fallen victim to this line of thinking that would cause you for even a split second to think Blue Beetle actually won this battle. I truly, truly feel in, a, in, a, in, in an argument where you're saying human with AI, human with AI, I'm going with the human AI that has not had a betrayal or a break in that relationship. That's it judges rule how dare you thank you i mean i mean listen i i'm afraid of you on a number of different levels l i'm not afraid to really admit that as well <laughs> ray is poking the bear here he is poking the bear i hope I, I actually do hope that you guys are in the same room at some point where ray's in a restaurant and maybe he and i are discussing business and all of a sudden the door just gets slammed open and there's the figure of l just kind of standing there going like ray stick 
you know, and then Ray's like, oh, no. And then the battle ensues for two seconds because you'd beat him very easily. I'm just saying this is fantastic. I am overjoyed. And L, yet again, just like the Santa Claus versus Galactus matchup, you have come with a amazing decision based off copious amounts of notes, thought, logic, and just more logic. Well done. It, you've got a book. You're, you're holding up a book of notes right now. This is crazy. L, uh, please come back onto the show. You are a fan favorite. The Legion of Audience absolutely loves you. Tell them, in the meantime, where they can find you online. Um... As long as Rhea is not going to, like, hack me and block me because I think he's really mad at me. Listen, come on. Come on now. I'm I'm a super soldier. I'm a Spartan. This was a hard decision, but I had to go with philosophy and logic. Um, so, yes, you can find me on Instagram as L. Newlands Graham. You can find me on Twitter as L. Newlands. You can find me on TikTok as L. Newlands. I think that's it. You can find me in various conventions, which if you follow me on social media, you will start to see where I will be appearing. But right now I can't discuss any of those either because I haven't got my contracts. I'm very concerned Just about like the Ray. NDAs. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm honestly very concerned about Ray right now. I, I feel like he might not recover from this for a while. I think that I have overstepped Kiff in being like, in, in giving like a decision <laughs> that has like, is going to like be talked about. It, it's very rare where an opponent gets a redemption match like today. And and Ray has been talking about how he's been upset about how Master Chief lost in the first matchup for years. And I, I got to tell you, he wasn't wrong. I would absolutely agree that Ray was was actually right in that in that episode. And yet he gets a second chance and still falls a little short. Ray Stacanus, you're here too. Uh, listen, great job, Ray. You, you've been on a roll of great debates. He came up a little bit short uh, last episode and today's episode. Just putting that out there. Tell the Legion of Audience where they can find you online. In the form of betrayal, <laughs> there are some names that come to mind. Of course, Julius Caesar's famous quote, et tu, Brute, as he's being stabbed by a very, very close friend. Who can forget the great betrayal that Walter White gives to Hank in the show Breaking Bad that ultimately leaves to Hank getting killed in the desert? And ranking on this list of the greatest betrayals of all time is one L. Newlands, Spartan soldier from Halo, <laughs> somehow reaching more than Halo reach itself to give a win to Blue Beetle that was clearly undeserved, clearly unwarranted, clearly unfounded. Sometimes I worry about the state of humanity. And yes, unfortunately, because of this battle, L, you've been bumped down in my judges' rankings. You now are the second favorite judge to ever come on the show. <laughs> you've been replaced, and I'm sorry. But after what happened with Galactus and Santa Claus, after what happened here today, I cannot in good faith give you the number one favorite judge spot anymore in my heart. And I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry you did that to yourself. You can find me on Twitter at Almighty Ray. I'm as outraged as all of you are. I am as upset as all of you are. I am as angry as all of you are out there in Radio Land, Podcastville, or wherever you get your recordings of this show. We must start a massive campaign. You must at Who Would Win Show on Twitter with the simple hashtag, hashtag Ray was robbed. 
because we all know what happened here. I don't know what's happening in season five. I had like a 17 battle uh, advantage and suddenly now I've lost three battles in a row. You know, I'm not losing four to James, especially this season when I've been on such a hot streak. I'm not going to take this lying down. I'm not going to allow myself to lose next week. So for all of you who would win fantasy people out there, you'd best take me. You know, I'm going to bring it home. Please don't at me online. (laughs) (laughs) All right, listen, this is a great episode. Thank you, Al Newlands. Thank you, Race Decanus. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gabs. You remember to join the official Hulu and Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and where el- wherever else you go for your podcasts. On behalf of myself, Ray Sicanus, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Kevin Goatee. Hey, I'm Kevin Israel. We host Gutting the Sacred Cow, the best and most unique movie debate podcast out there. Why? Because we invite our guests to pick a film that they find overrated or hate and try to convince us to see their argument. They must pick a film that is a financial success, widely beloved, or critically acclaimed. That's right. Some of the films our guests have tried to eviscerate, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Pulp Fiction, Ghostbusters? You can find us on all podcast platforms like Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. And if you want to watch our smiling faces, we're also on YouTube. GuttingTheSacredCow.com is where you find all of our information. And we look forward to our guests infuriating you when they attack your favorite films. Hey, gang. I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to Patreon.com slash Show right now. Okay, got to prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.